Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of the Music Is More podcast. I'm your host Ayana, and on today's episode, we're going to be talking about Chloe's debut solo album, In Pieces. I'm really excited to talk about this one. Everybody's talking about it. I had to get in on it, and hence the really quick turnaround time. Album released on Friday. I'm giving you this episode on Wednesday. You're very lucky, but I wanted to join in on some of the discourse. Of course, we're going to go through the entire album, song by song. I'm going to give you my feelings about the music, about the album as a whole. And then I'm going to give you even more of my feelings in the Music Is More segment of the Music Is More podcast. So stick around for that. I hope you are tucked in. Hope you have your seatbelts on because it's about to be a good time. Music Music is more. I usually like to start off the podcast by just talking about the artists and how I know them and how I know this music and whatnot to kind of uh, give you a taste of like my credibility sometimes and then my lack of credibility in other times because sometimes I explore new music and sometimes I explore music that is familiar to me, whatever. So I'll start there for this episode. I am a big fan of Chloe and Hallie. I remember like it was yesterday when they did their VMAs performance of Warrior and thinking that they were the best thing I'd ever seen on a live stage in a long time. And I still feel like that. Award shows do not hit like they used to. That's another tangent (laughs) for another day. But I remember back when they did that and watching it on television and being like, this is why people should tune into award shows. Like, this is the reason. This is the great stuff that they can see. I haven't been shook like that since. Period. Anyway, <laughs> I have been listening to them for a long time. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I think they, they make great music together. Um, and so that, is my, that was my introduction to Chloe. And to her sister as well, but to Chloe, that's who this episode is about. You get it. Anyway, now, Ungodly Hour was a great album. It was released before I started this podcast, Sad Face, and I typically do new music on this podcast. I will probably at some point make an exception for Ungodly Hour because loved that album down. (laughs) But. Ungodly Hour gets released. If you're unfamiliar to the story of how Chloe has gone about her solo career, Ungodly Hour gets released. They promote it hard. It's pandemic times, so they're doing great, great, great visual, virtual performances. And we do not give them enough credit because they were really carrying the entertainment industry on their backs for a little while, right? From their backyard. (laughs) Shout out to them. Anyway, Ungodly Hour gets released. They promote it, they do their thing. And then once the pandemic is kind of like um, calming down, if you would, becoming more normal, something along those lines, Chloe begins releasing singles as a, as a solo act by herself, right? Without Hallie. She releases Have Mercy in September of 2021. And then she drops a few more singles along the way. 2022, we get treat me we get surprise we get for the night and then in 2023 she drops pray it away how does it feel and pieces all in anticipation of this solo debut album all throughout that time people are of course consuming this music they have their opinions some are hits some are misses and whatnot but all in anticipation of this final project her album So that is what we're going to be exploring today. I have a fondness for Chloe. And, you know, I think she is probably the person that I have the most acute parasocial relationship with. (laughs) I really think of her as like a contemporary to me. You know, I relate to her. We're the same age. All of that. And I've been able to watch her and and Hallie as a group kind of grow. And so I was really excited to uh, see what she had to offer as a solo act. Um, And that is how I'm approaching this whole entire episode with so much, you know, love 
and joy and appreciation for the artistry um, and anticipation, you know, positivity, all of that. So just know that before we even dive into all of the stuff that we're going to talk about, that it's all love. It's only love. Even when I have critique, you know, later on in the episode, it's all positive. It's all in. It's all in the spirit of like, you know, betterment, uplifting, and I'm going to be very mindful in this episode to do that because I think it's really easy to not come from that place, especially with the (laughs) I'm stumbling over my words because I'm thinking of the best way to put it. But people have really been on her ass. And I myself have been guilty of being a little bit too heavy handed in my critique of her because I think of her as my contemporary. But the truth is that we don't know each other. (laughs) And uh, so, like I said, being very mindful of that throughout the critique. She's a young woman. She's doing her thing. There's always a way to be positive and uplifting, even in critique. And so that is what we're trying to (laughs) that's what we're trying to have today. Okay, so 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 there. (laughs) Um, And all that to say, absolutely nothing. We're going to go ahead and dive into the meat and potatoes of this episode and start going song by song down the list. So uh, in pieces, actually, I lied. (laughs) I lied because I have to do my album basics (laughs) first. A couple just. Facts about this album in pieces was released March 31st, 2023. It's got 14 tracks and 37 minutes, 20 seconds of runtime. At first I was like, there are 14 tracks and there's only 40 minutes. Why? Like, are these all like super short? But that is not the case. There are a few like intermission, not intermission, intermediary. No, that's not the word I want to use either. Um interludes there we go (laughs) there are a couple interludes you know a minute there's an intro that's a minute long there's an interlude uh in fallen for you that's a minute long there's also kind of an interlude prelude type thing on heart on my sleeve that was one minute long so in general these songs are are a, a little bit less than three minutes give or take, um, with some exceptions and then, you know, some longer songs as well. And then we have those, those, um, interludes. (laughs) There we go. I keep losing that word. Then we have the interludes as well, which kind of, uh, explain this 37 minute runtime. This is her solo debut. I've mentioned several times already. No big deal, (laughs) but it is a big deal. And, uh, yeah, like congratulations to her for her solo de- debut. She started recording this in late 2019. Um, while she was also recording, I guess, for Ungodly Hour, which was then released in 2020. And Ungodly Hour was a joint project, Chloe and Hallie, right? But she started recording this album in late 2019. There were several pre-releases singles, slash singles. Uh, Have Mercy, Treat Me, Surprise. And for the night, did not make it into this album, which I find interesting. I don't think that this is this is for later, but I don't think that they are so different from the vibes of the album that they needed to be excluded. But maybe she was thinking, you know, time wise, whatever. Um, but I don't think that they are actually that far away from what the album became. That's just my personal opinion. It's okay. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> um, the lead single, Prayed Away, was released on January 27th, but then there were actually several lead singles. And a personal gripe of mine is that the promotion period for this album, I think, was too long. I think it was just a little too long. January 27th for your lead single. And the album did not release till March 31st. That's a good two months of like anticipation. 
not saying that it's like actually a bad thing, but the way that the news cycle and people's minds these days work and people's attention work, I don't think it was the right move to drum up like popular support if that was the goal. It might not have been the goal. They might have just been like, all right, we're going to meander into this album. Um, but just something to think about for her team <laughs> later on January 27th to March 31st. That's a little bit, that's a little bit too long to keep people's attention and to keep people like readily waiting and anticipating if you get what I'm saying. Anyway, <laughs> um, so pray it away got released. And then along the line, along the way, there we go. Along the way, how does it feel? Got released on February 24th. Um, in pieces actually got released on March 29th. Cheap Back was released March 31st. So in anticipation of the album, these songs keep kept coming out um, with mixed reviews from people, right? Uh, such is the way. I'll talk more about the mixed reviews and stuff like that during the Song by Song Breakdown. But the final thing that I want to kind of comment on about the album basics is or are the production credits. It's almost entirely written in some form or fashion by Chloe, except for a couple of these songs. Chloe Bailey is credited on almost all of these as a writer. Then, in terms of the music and the producer, she also has a heavy hand in terms of the music credits and the producer credits as well which is fire for her i love that i'm a big fan of people artists who have a hand in all of the aspects of that album and it kind of just it kind of affirms to me that the album is a creation of their mind right it's a bit of a like artistic turnoff for me if you're only doing the vocals on an album um, and not any of the lyric writing or the production. <laughs> You're not credited anywhere else. Like not saying that you can't make an album that sounds like you that way, but I prefer knowing and seeing in the credits that you're all up in that thing. <laughs> so that's good to note. And um, yeah, I, we might return to that later on in this episode that's just a little bit of the basics about this album the context the stats and whatnot we will now get into the song by song breakdown <laughs> the first song someone's calling in parentheses chloe i my first impression of this song was that it sounded like the intro to a fairy tale like it sounds very um ethereal and fun, not fun exactly, but like fantastical is a good word, I think. It sounds like a fairy tale, harmonies wise. Um, it puts me in the mind of like a Disney princess, kind of, in terms of the vocalizations and everything like that. And I think it also solidifies. It's never a question if Chloe can sing, right? She's got a, an amazing voice, an immaculate voice, and she's got a great ear. For harmonies. So that is never in question. Knowing that that's never in question. For the songs that I, I wasn't enjoying so much. I know that that's not the problem. So we have to dig a little bit deeper. And I hope that people never doubt that the, the talent is there. And instead look a little bit deeper for what they're actually searching for. Right. In the music. Anyway, that's. A little sidebar. So, sounds like a fairy tale. Sounds fantastical. Um, for some additional context, this song samples Chloe's song of the Swamp from Louis Armstrong, which I did not know. <laughs> I did not know that. But it's so cool. And it's like so, it's like a little bit haunting. Chloe has talked about this song. She said that her grandfather used to sing it to her when she was a little girl. And so it's got that also sentimental, real, authentic piece as well. And this is really like 
I feel her sweet spot is when the vocals and the harmonies are making a lot of sense, are getting a little bit creative, right? This intro also does the job of an intro in that it gets you like anticipating. (laughs) It sets you up for a good experience. After listening to the entirety of the album, I don't think it actually sets you up because later on we don't get the actual continuation of the story that it starts, right? There's no like vein of sameness throughout. So there's no real story, in my opinion, for it to like set you up for. But if there was, you know, a little bit more of a logical flow throughout the album, then this would have been a great, great place to start, right? A great place to start. After Someone's Calling, we go to Pray It Away. Pray It Away was released as a single. I had to listen to it several times. I, after, I had to listen to it several times. And, Not because I don't like it, but because I needed to understand if I didn't like it, right? (laughs) Um, I'm not a very, like, religious person, so there's that. Like, I, I was really investigating what about me didn't like this song, basically, right? And so I gave it a couple tries to see if I was, um, you know inserting my own personal biases into how I took the song. I think that the crux of the issue for Pray It Away for me is that I don't really like this allusion to religion because I felt that it was a little bit shallow. Not not that like not to say anything about Chloe, right? But in terms of like the lyrics and the writing here, it was not very compelling to me, this idea of praying it away. Parts of the lyrics also just didn't seem to fit for me. (laughs) I can give some examples. Um, She goes, my feelings, my feelings, my feelings. They really got hurt by a fuck, a fuck boy. There we go. There we go. (laughs) And that reads to me as a little bit, as a little bit lacking, just in terms of like lyrical quality. Then because of the lack of depth in terms of the lyrics, I can't connect to this idea of leaning on the Lord really. So it it falls a bit flat for me because I feel like she's saying prayed away as in kind of like a placeholder and not necessarily as a moment of connection or or like a real allusion to her 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 spiritual beliefs and I could be I you know not saying that it's not there but that I just didn't get that connection I didn't get that feeling of like authentic authentically being like I'm a prayed away it was kind of like I'm a prayed away (laughs) in kind of a, a more flippant manner you know I also don't really enjoy the stance just period of like praying it away and she might have been doing that on purpose, right? She might have been like, you know, I'm going to just pray it away. <laughs> and that, that was like the messaging there. Not that she was actually like leaning into it, but that she was kind of being a little bit dismissive about the, about the situation. And that could have been on purpose. Um, but yeah, I don't hate it, but I don't love it either. I think the soundscape had a lot of potential. But we could have taken it to a more critical place, a more intense place by really emphasizing the dichotomy between the two topics, like someone hurting you in a romantic relationship and then the religious aspect of like praying it away and like leaning on the Lord. The idea of just praying something away in and of itself doesn't hold any depth 
right? And so it leaves me with like this inconclusive feeling. And, you know, maybe that's on purpose. Maybe that's on purpose. Maybe she's like, I'll do, I'll just do the, I'll just do this Christian thing and be like praying, <laughs> praying in a way. And that was on purpose to kind of illustrate that it's not actually gone away. I just kind of got lost, maybe left behind or something. <laughs> so that's my thoughts and pray it away. I'll keep going. Next song is Body Do. The intro of Body Do reminds me of Lady Gaga. Poker face, right? <laughs> I just think that. I don't know. It's like an obscure kind of reference, but that's one of the first things that popped into my mind. I like this song. I wish kind of that the chorus did something else. It kind of gets a little bit repetitive after a while. Yeah, I like the verses, just not really the chorus. It kind of gets a little bit monotonous at times. Uh, the end of verse two and then the into the post chorus was my favorite part. We get a little bit more of like a build up, a little diversification of the sound. So I, I did not hate it at all. I, uh, in fact, would enjoy it in small doses. Once a week, a body do to really get me in the in a vibe and, and do my thing. And then on to the next song type feeling. Yeah. And then the whole premise of the song is this, this idea, like, I can't trust you and I deserve better, but I like what that body do. <laughs> and, you know, a relatable stance and a little bit more critical than like, I guess I'll just stay <laughs> uh, or I guess I'll just pray it away. Right. She's like, I know that I deserve better. <laughs> I know what I'm doing, but I'm doing it on purpose because I like what the body do. Okay, I'll take that. I'll take like, you know, a an aware approach more than I'll take a not aware approach. And I feel in some of these other songs, we don't get the awareness and that misses me. And in no way to compare her to SZA, but it reminds me, it puts me in the mind of SOS in that some of the songs miss me because we weren't at that aware part. And just hearing somebody talk about the toxic is not fun for me personally. <laughs> but this one was fun for me because she's like, look, I deserve better. But I like what that body do. OK, bitch. <laughs> All right. Long as you know. <laughs> All right. Um, so, yeah, body do. I'm into it. Next one. I don't mind. When I listened to I don't mind, it was my favorite. You know, out of those first three songs, I don't mind was my favorite one. I love the guitar in the back. Um, I feel that she does this thing where she's kind of like, um, she, she'll do a lower verse and then a higher chorus, right? She'll default to like head voice when we're going or approaching the chorus. On this one, she does a, like a higher head voice in the pre-chorus. Um, Right after body do, I notice a pattern, you know, or it's not a pattern because it's only twice, right? But I say this, this, this registers in my mind as something that she's like doing. It's a thing. I don't know if it's actually a thing, but when I was listening to it, I thought it was. <laughs> I like the acoustic sound of I Don't Mind. It's kind of bolstered by a more electronic sounds in some areas. In some moments, she emphasizes some words with like a vocal effect that's a little bit more electronic or digitized on like key areas. Love that. The chorus is a good example of that. This is what I would call a boy-girl song. When I was going through Taylor, Swift, Taylor Swift's album, she had a ton of boy-girl songs. Of course, different boy-girl songs. SZA too. But I, I think of things that are boy girl, boy girl songs when they're talking about like relationships between boy girl and this one does that. So I would call it a boy girl song. <laughs> the only thing, the only potential detractor for me on I Don't Mind is that I don't really understand the meaning, right? The vibe, right? She's like, the this title of the song is I Don't Mind. She doesn't mind. And what I think she doesn't mind in this in this song 
is that is that he's into her and she's not that into her, into him. She's like, I don't mind that you're so into me, but I'm not really that into you. I think that's what it is, but it was hard to decipher. I potentially because of the like composition of the lyrics and their placement in terms of the song. Um, but yeah, I was just I I was left a little bit uh confused, but I really like <laughs> I really like the sonic qualities of the song, so I'm going to keep I'm going to keep listening to this and potentially after a few more listens, I'll have a I'll have a definite definitive answer about what she is trying to say. After I don't mind, we go to worried. And look, the woman can sing. <laughs> she can harmonize. I feel that those are her strong suits. Those are when I feel the most connected to her. And when I can like really like hear her and hear what she has to say, I think she's great at expressing herself sonically. Sometimes the lyrics lose me. On this song, I feel like she kind of loses me. I don't really enjoy the chorus. I think it's relatively basic. Um, so there's that. The verses, I felt, were really good. I like the verse way better than I like the chorus sonically as well. Um, but the only problem is because of the kind of monotonous chorus, I don't think that this song has a ton of replay value. Um, similar to Body Do, right? Body Do, the chorus, and Body Do is meant, of course, to be like a dance song, right? It's not supposed to be like some deep introspective <laughs> thing. And I can recognize that and I can respect that. <laughs> now, worried one could argue that that one's not supposed to be, you know, some introspective pieces as well, but still like we get, I don't, I don't trust you, but I trust what that body do. And then for this course, we get, why are you worried about me? Worried. I'm not worried. You're not worthy. Oh, you hurt me. Don't deserve me. Cause I'm a loving better at the end of the night. Why you worried? Don't be worried. I'm not worthy or no, I'm not worried. You're not worthy. Oh, you hurt me. Don't deserve me because I'm going to love me better at the end of the night. And it's catchy, but it's too catchy. <laughs> In my opinion, of course, some my best friend loves a song down. So, you know, it's just like a, a difference of opinion, maybe. I think the one line I like because I'm going to love me better at the end of the night. That's great. But the, the rest of it, it's like filler words. Why you worried? I'm not worried. You not worthy. Oh, you hurt me. Don't deserve me. It, I don't really. I, I'm not. I'm not that into it. And that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. After worried, we go to fallen for you. It's kind of like an interlude. I feel in music in general, there's this trend of putting voice clips in the interludes. Kendrick Lamar did it. He had the whole like, you know, arguing back and forth monologue type thing happening. And I feel like that's kind of what this reminds me of. It, it's reminiscent of that. Um, they're like going back and forth. And the crux of it is that she's like, I need to have choices. Right. Fair enough. This this interlude kind of comes. As a surprise, right. I don't think that it really flowed from worried from worried into fallen for you. They're kind of they're kind of abstractly connected, but not really clearly in my opinion. So, at the very beginning of it though, when she's singing, I felt she sounded a bit like Brandy, you know, or older songs of that nature in the beginning. Another Another um, reference. <laughs> Excellent. So after Falling For You, I like Falling For You. Especially, I think, the actual clip of her singing on Falling For You. Like, I like that. Would love to hear a full length of that, you know. 
Um, after Falling View, we go to How Does It Feel with Chris Brown. This was a controversial single from the album. People are not into Chris Brown. <laughs> and I understand why. I personally have put to rest my beef with Chris Brown, at least somewhat. I um, am no longer like blacklisting his music. For a while there, I just refused to listen to him. Um, of course, Chris Brown has a checkered past. <laughs> Nevertheless, it's up to individuals to decide when they're going to support and how they're going to support, if they're going to support, you know, all of that. Um, but people were not very happy with the release of this single. Because of his checkered past, uh, which is understandable. Everybody can have their opinion. Chloe is of the opinion that she wants him on her song, and that's fine. <laughs> I really feel like neutrally about it. I don't think the presence of Chris Brown is such is such like a crazy thing, and I also think that women are held to a higher expectation and standard than men, right? If her contemporary, who was a man, did a song with Chris Brown, nobody would have would have bat an eyelid, eyelash, whatever. But because she's a woman, people are like, how dare you link up with Chris Brown? And uh, yeah, it's perfectly fine if you don't support Chris Brown. I think everybody has their their reasons. For either like listening to his music or not, or feeling neutral about it, whatever. But I don't think it's fair to be like, you cannot make any music with Chris Brown to another person, right? It's fine if that's not your cup of tea and you're not into it and you don't wanna listen to the song because of it. But I don't think it's fair to be like, no, Chloe, you don't do that, you know? I, I think there are fair points on either side. Like, so there's, it's a, it's a whole bunch of gray. There's no right answer. And so we shouldn't persecute somebody for making their decision, right? So anyway, yeah, that's, that's my thoughts about it. Now let's actually talk about the music. <laughs> I think this song is very pure R&B. And in fact, maybe even the closest to like a, a really stripped back R&B feeling. As close to one as she gets on the album, right? Um, and I've got a, an appreciation for an old school, pure type R&B. That's fine. They were both singing their hearts out, whatever. I don't enjoy... I don't enjoy the scenario described here, right? I gave you more than you wanted. I gave you more than you needed. So tell me, how does it feel to lose the one you believe in, right? She's like, you're losing me because I gave it all. I don't really like the whole, like, giving you more than you wanted, giving you more than you needed. And then Chris Brown comes in. And what is he talking about? I made you drop it on a Tuesday, he said. I had the popcorn pop and we made a movie. What? <laughs> I save a lot because I'm empty. It shouldn't hurt me, but I let it. What? No offense to Chris Brown, but these lyrics are not, are not hidden. What is he talking about? What is he talking about? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm looking at these lyrics and I'm like, what is he saying? Okay, great. I like the pre-chorus. I like the like, I like the sonic qualities of the pre-chorus. Every time. Every time you thanks me. Yeah, I like that. So that's positive. <laughs> then Chloe comes in with the chorus. She's, I gave you more. You wanted, I gave you more. Needed. Now you're losing me. You didn't say it, but you said it. It shouldn't have hurt me, but I let it. I don't really enjoy. And this is a common theme. These lyrics. 
I don't. I don't really think that there's anything there for me, right? Except for like a general vibe. So there's that. So, so I don't enjoy this whole like dynamic of like, I'm giving you so much and, and now you're losing me because it doesn't really feel that triumphant in the end. And then the actual verses, I'm like, what are we saying? What are we saying? What are we saying? And maybe it's just going over my head. Maybe I'm the stupid one. But I'm like, I don't know what we're saying. After that, we go to Feel Me Cry. Feel Me Cry. I feel that Feel Me Cry is very much a girl-boy song. Feel Me Cry lost me a little bit. Um, I felt that some strange production choices were being made that didn't actually add to the overall reception of the song to the listener's ear. Um, and <laughs> the metaphor of Feel Me Cry went over my head at first. I was like, Feel Me Cry, maybe it's sexy? Maybe this is supposed to be sexy? <laughs> and then I was like, oh my God, it's supposed to be sexy. <laughs> it's supposed to be sexy, but it missed, it missed me. The whole, the whole atmosphere of this song i felt what i think this is a a miss for me i feel like this was in general a miss for me none of it really came together for me i didn't really enjoy it um i didn't enjoy the way that she's saying the chorus i didn't um enjoy the actual music and the instrumental, I didn't feel like it matched the vibes. And then I didn't feel like the lyrics accurately created the vibe. So Feel Me Cry, I don't think was a good choice in terms of like metaphors for, for um, sex. At least not in this, in this context. In the sonic context, maybe if it was like a little slower, a little sexier, it would have taken me there, but it it didn't. So I'm just listening to her like saying, I want you to feel me cry. And I'm like, are we sad? Are we sexy? So that missed me a bit. So yeah, I, I, I didn't really enjoy this one for those reasons. We'll move forward, not to harp on it. Make it look easy. Make it look easy was fun. I, I felt like this one was really good because the melody was not too contrived. I feel like it had some of the better songwriting moments on the album. Um, I felt she got a little bit more authentic, a little deeper into who she is as a person. I like the string, the strings at the end. And yeah, I felt like this was really like a vulnerable, more revealing song on this album. So I really liked Make It Look Easy. My, and so yeah, and that's how I'll leave it. After that, Lose You, boy girl song. I felt like she hit the nail on the head with Lose You because she said, maybe I'm too young. Right. And this song sounded young to the ear. I like the music and but I think a more stripped back vocal could have been really good there. And I think that the scenario here is really like it's like. It's like not my cup of tea. Right. I felt the same way about Snooze (laughs) by SZA. Not saying that these are the same, but it puts me in the mind of it. This idea that I don't want to lose somebody. Why not? <laughs> and she she kind of, I, like I said, she hits the nail on the head. She's almost there. The after she after once she gets rid of the maybe and says, I'm definitely too young. Right. And I'm definitely being a little bit dumb about the scenario. 
right? She's almost there, but she's not willing to fully admit it there, but <laughs> fully admit it yet. And so it loses me because I'm at the fully admitting stage where it's like, this is lame. I'm better than this. And fully like not accepting anything that doesn't vibe. But she's still kind of in the trenches a little bit. <laughs> Maybe I'm too young, you know? <laughs> no, girly. You know. <laughs> so, yes, I don't additionally lift or the way that Lose You was, song, was sung. I don't want to lose you. Boy. I really enjoy that. Um, I get why it happened, but I don't, I don't really, I didn't really like the vibe. Moving on from that, Told Ya, featuring Missy Elliott, maybe the best song on the album. It really speaks for itself. If you listen to it, you know. She uses a lower voice here. Chloe uses a lower voice here. She gets a little bit more serious. She gets a little bit more self-conscious, not self-conscious, self-confident. She's telling them, I thought I told you. Period. I felt this one. I connected to this one. The production quality of this track is very high. Noticeably high. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'll live it. That's where I'll leave it. And so yeah, I really like this song. Next, Cheat Back, featuring Future. Now, I did not crucify Chloe for the Chris Brown feature. But this future feature is where you kind of lose me. Because Future. In my books, it's worse than Chris Brown. <laughs> of course, she can make the choices that she wants. And ultimately, she did make the choices that she wanted. I don't love that choice. I was hoping upon hearing the name of this song and Future's feature that she would be able to get a feature from him where he admits his wrongdoing <laughs> and that it would not be quintessential future on the fucking track, but it was. I don't like Future's music because he's a misogynist. <laughs> and he was a misogynist on this track. And that makes me upset. What does Future say on this track? Don't you feel bad? Don't you feel sad? Let that sink in. Real love, not revenge. Shorty finally found herself. Fucking on someone else. Your mind gone. Your heart's still here. I could have spied and put cameras in the crib. I inspired you. It is what it is. That's my little twin I see. Trying to win I see. Getting revenge I see. A twin I see. My little twin I see. The beauty of you, that's what it, do it for me. No one above you, girl, you the best. Should have never let you down feeling embarrassed. Temptation haunting me like you'd never imagined. Have some compassion. Don't be so dramatic. I want to know exactly what happened. It's toxic. And more than toxic, what we have to realize is the whole toxic thing, it's not just like fun. It's, it's misogyny. <laughs> It's unhealthy. I don't like that. I can't listen to that shit. Right? As a person who isn't, who, who would never ever let a man gaslight, gatekeep, and girl boss me, listening to this is not, is not something I can do. For real. I gave it a one good listen. I, I'm never going to listen to this song again. For real. I'm, I just can't. Worse than Chris Brown is future. Leaning into his future. You know? What? What? I just don't like it. Really. <laughs> that's, that's just like the quintessential thing. I don't. I don't want to I don't want to keep saying that I don't like it. I'm pointing let me point out a couple specifics. Future being a misogynist on this. 
Then the idea that cheating back, everyone knows that that doesn't work, right? But this kind of romanticization of these kind of, of this toxic scenario turns me off as well. And I don't really think that the composition of it is that great either. And I, I'm trying not to be super mean because I, I don't like the song, right? I don't like the, the lyrics or future being on it or anything like that. So I don't, I don't want to be, <laughs> I don't want to, you know, get my revenge by talking shit about the song or anything. But I don't really enjoy that either. Ah, yeah. So there's that. Next, Heart on My Sleeve. Heart on My Sleeve was good. Love the composition of Heart on My Sleeve. I think it was good. She's singing about it. And I love hearing her sing. I do. (laughs) I love hearing her sing. And it's got some good harmonies on it. All of that. Then we go from Heart on My Sleeve to In Pieces. In Pieces was a solid song. A kind of succinct ending, if nothing else. A little bit heavier. It's, it works as the period for this album. You know, it's a ballad. Pretty standard issue ballad. A solid song. And that's what I have to say about all of that. So, <laughs> we've gone through all of the songs one by one. Let's talk about this album in general. I've got a few things to say about this album generally. Some positives. I think that Chloe is really attempting to find herself. She's experimenting. She's trying some different sounds than she would have traditionally been doing as part of Chloe and Hallie. She's trying to find her voice, right? She's trying to live in her womanhood, experience her womanhood, grow into adulthood, all of that. And it is good to see a you know woman doing that in the world and being herself really authentically and not hiding you know pieces of herself and being true to the process of growing into a person and to a solo artist i think that's good <laughs> she was also heavily involved in the production and the writing of this album she saw it through she developed it you know, and was able to create this album, which is no small feat. It's no small feat to kind of pivot from something that you were already doing. She was already part of a unit, a pretty successful unit, Chloe and Hallie. So it's definitely brave of her to take the leap and she is doing it wholeheartedly. And I think she definitely does wear her heart on her sleeve and tried really hard with this album. Some of the bright spots and really the strong points on this album include Chloe's vocals in and of themselves. I think she can sing. She's a talented songstress vocalist, period. I also think we experienced some strong points when she got a little bit more authentic. She got a little bit more in the trenches of songwriting. Um, and really pushed herself to express herself and her deeper meanings, thoughts, feelings in some of these songs. Um, for example, Make It Look Easy. Um, one could also throw out in pieces. Some of those more personal attempts uh, on this album. And finally, I think just the sonics of the album were pretty good, pretty decent. I don't think I would hear any of these instrumentals and say, no, that's not it, except for maybe one, and that would be Feel Me Cry. I didn't really, anyway, I'm not going <laughs> to go back there. But um, except for maybe one or two, I think sonically, this was also a pretty good album 
So keep that in mind. <laughs> so we'll start there with the positives, right? At the same time, I'm gonna, I feel like iterating through the songs, it was kind of like how you go through and edit a draft of, of a paper, right? If I was in the room while she was producing this album, I would have given her these notes and then had her apply them. And then I think that the album would have been a little bit more, a little bit more polished, maybe. I don't know. I, I felt like I was running through a draft version, basically. Like just, you know, circling lyrics that I didn't feel quite <laughs> quite meshed into it. And so it was kind of a feeling like this was a little bit raw. Um, which is not a bad thing. I actually encourage a level of rawness because I think it also brings in authenticity, right? You yeah. That's 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 my vibe there. But I felt like this could have used another round of drafts. Another a couple more people's eyes on it um to help edit and polish the final product uh a little bit more. So that is kind of the ongoing critique throughout the album is that if this could have been shifted here if a couple different choices were made on a single song there was a lot of potential but we didn't reach the potential of the song because of x y and z you know if x y and z could have been fixed then maybe we would have had like you know a real hit on our hands with this song or that song or whatever um, but I felt that way for almost each song on the album. So there's that piece. In addition to that, right? And so in addition to that slash, like, contributing to that overall feeling of this being kind of like a draft version are some distinct pieces that I felt on each song were a little bit out of place. My first and almost main gripe, I would say, is on the quality of the lyrics. It was a bit lyrically young, a bit awkward in some places. I don't think that we realized the full potential of a more creative, poetic kind of writing here. Now, not everything warrants a creative, um, innovative kind of writing. Fair enough. <laughs> but I think some of these songs erred on the side of too simple. Even for your standard dance track, there's room for creativity in terms of the lyrics and the things that you're actually expressing in words that we did not reach. Um, and then for those more emotional, those more personal pieces of music, we didn't, in some cases, get to the heart of the issue because um, sometimes the lyrics were oversimplified, sometimes they were a bit too awkward, etc. That is my main ripe. Without a good lyric, the lyric, not the lyrics, the listener is kind of left to determine everything, right? Without an anchoring, an anchoring, like, full lyric with depth, you are left with kind of like a, a superficial blanket feeling. <laughs> you, we, we, for example, yeah, I'll give some examples. <laughs> for example, on how does it feel? I was left thinking, how does it feel? <laughs> how 
I don't know how it feels. I'm a little bit lost. Just uh, kind of filler words and phrases throughout and not like a connected story or a um, distinctive feeling that I was left with after listening. And I think it's because the lyrics were not specific enough. So, so that, so yes, <laughs> that is my, my primary gripe. I think that Chloe expresses herself best through, through, through like, um, the music, right? Through the non-lyrical aspects of the music, her vocals, different production choices, the melodies, harmonies. Things like that. That, if I was just listening to the instrumental of some of these songs, I think I'd have a better idea of what it was talking about than attempting to mesh the lyrics with the instrumental and figuring it out that way. Um, I mentioned before that I feel the most connected to her when she's really singing and when she's really leaning into a harmony, a melody, a sonic music instrumental piece yes i i think that's that's where she really that's where she really shines and we don't really get a lot of those moments additionally i don't think that there was like a story achieved here not a turn not a ton of cohesion in terms of like the track list and what we're talking about throughout this album it felt a bit like a hodgepodge of singles um, instead of a, the flow, the ebb and flow of an album. I felt that because of some of the choices, it felt really kind of generic and not specific to Chloe in a lot of places. Of course, some of the songs were more personal, but a lot of these songs I could see anyone executing. Right. Which is. Which is, I think, kind of part of the experimental phase. Right. So I'm giving these critiques and whatnot, but I think there are a couple things to take into consideration while I'm doing uh, while I'm giving these critiques. Right. She is this is her first solo album. Okay. I think a lot of a lot of um credit can just be given off off of that, right? It's her first solo album. Additionally, she is a young lady. She's young. And I say that being the same age as her, I think because she's been she's been famous for so long. <laughs> a music star for so long that it's even younger of a perspective than me maybe just because of that aspect of her being like a famous person so if we are expecting a the perspective of a 24 year old who has you know seen it all basically and you know dated around and done all the things and um you know all of that all of that that perspective that we that we might expect a typical 24 year old to have I don't think that we should be expecting of Chloe of Chloe specifically because because she has a unique set of experiences due to her thing and and her her status as a as a pop star you know so there's that first album she's young she's trying out stuff you know it's a little bit experimental for her so i'm saying all of this but i think just keep in mind that that as well right i'm giving her these pieces of critique but not necessarily because 
I think that she should have already known these things, but just because they're my observations, like this is this is the same critique I would give to anyone with their first album, right? Also keeping in mind that it's their first album. So that's that's the kind of balance that I'm I'm striking. So it feels a little bit generic. I think that some of that can be attributed to the fact that she has not yet actually solidified what her sound is going to be. Now, this is kind of similar to my critique of Lil Yachty. Lil Yachty in his latest album, Let's Start Here, he was experimenting, right? He likes or he was trying out a sound, but he's not like an expert (laughs) at the sound. He's still trying it out. He's still getting a feel for it. And I feel that Chloe was still getting a feel for it, even in producing this album. She's still finding what it is that her sound is going to sound like. Yeah, and I, I believe that over time she'll just, you know, develop what it is and get a better ear for what she is trying to create and get more practice at creating that. And so then it won't be, it won't feel as much like a hodgepodge as this project might have felt. Keep those in mind while I keep going through <laughs> through the um, pieces of critique that I have left on my agenda for today. Um, so the youngness of the of these scenarios is a little bit off putting to me. Um, it doesn't help that the youngness is kind of amplified by the simplicity of the lyrics, right? I think of Olivia Rodrigo, who is a young lady and produced Sour. Um, I'm I'm referencing, I've said this before on previous podcast episodes, but I'm referencing these pieces of music, not not to compare them, but to give additional context into what I'm talking about. But in Olivia Rodrigo's Sour, she's, she's experiencing and she's explaining these kinds of this kind of teenage angst but she was also um lyrically quite descriptive uh quite imaginative so it took you to that place of teenagerness you know (laughs) um but I don't think that we get taken to anywhere really with some of these lyrics so you're just kind of confronted by like the immaturity of some of these situations. And so if you're a more mature listener, it can be really dissonant because you're like, I would never cheat back, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, even though she's like valid and experiencing that and everything like that, or wanting to kind of dig into the, that kind of experience, the composition of it makes it hard for the listener. It's not as palatable in its formulation on this album. I think that a lot of these songs had lots of potential. Lots of potential. So that is good. I have not given up hope. <laughs> you know, I believe that it's only up from here. and. Because the general public's expectation has been that she is already like, you know, a music star, their expectations were a little bit higher. And so there's like this level of letdown happening. But if you adjust your expectations to actually fit the reality of who Chloe is in the moment that she has produced this album, then I think you have a little bit more grace to give you see what i'm saying and i've got tons of grace you know i'm not like this is the end of her career or anything like that i'm like here are the pieces that we can work on for the next album right to make that next album absolutely fire absolutely fire so 
those are my general my general thoughts about this album. Lyrically, I think we could improve. Sonically, it was pretty good. And I'd like to see more of her and a little bit more in terms of lyrical content in the next one. I, I'm a stick beside him. <laughs> but I do believe that she's got more to give and more to explore in the future. So I will be uh, anticipating it. Now, we've gone through so much already <laughs> we're like an hour in or something maybe um i've given you the album basics we've gone through song by song and i've given you a general review of the album usually this is the part of the podcast where i do the music is more segment of the music is more podcast and i talk about whatever theme or societal issue that i think ties into the album um but I've decided for this album, I'm not going to do a Music Is More segment as of yet. Maybe I'll have something come to me later on and decide to discuss it. What I was thinking of discussing at first and uh, what I am not going to discuss, I'm not doing the Music Is More podcast because I don't want to do this discussion. I was thinking about actually talking about Chloe and the pop culture commentary around her right now. But I actually don't want to contribute to that discourse. <laughs> I've said my piece about the music, and I think that's where the focus should be, and not necessarily all on the person or on attempting to like psychoanalyze the person, the artist behind the music. People are already you know, crafting their think pieces, have already produced their think pieces. And while I think there are some relevant things to say in regards to this album and Chloe and her rising star and all of that, I don't necessarily have to be another person talking about it here. Um, and yeah, if I can save Chloe some sanity by <laughs> not digging into what everybody is saying already, then I, I'll go ahead and do that. And there's no need for my piece <laughs> about it. Um, so yeah, because I was going to talk about Chloe's Rising Star in particular, but I don't want to do that, at least for now. Um, you know, maybe on the her sophomore, sophomore album, I'll do a Music Is More segment of the Music Is More podcast and talk about it all. Um, but for now, I think we're good. <laughs> No big deal. I think if you really want one, you can tune into one of our past episodes or you can wait it out for our next episode, uh, which will probably be up in about a week. I don't know what I'm going to listen to. I don't know what I'm going to say, um, but that's how I like to keep it. I like to keep both you and myself on our toes. So if you've made it this far, congratulations, because you've made it to the end of the Music Is More podcast. Thank you so much for listening for tuning in and i hope to see you next time if you really want to talk to me come and find me at all of our socials but primarily on twitter at music is more pod and i will see you on the next episode bye